From The Conversation, this is Politics with Michelle Grattan, a podcast where Michelle discusses the issues of the day with The Conversation's politics team. Hi, my name is Amanda Dunn. I'm the Politics and Society Editor for The Conversation and I'm speaking with Michelle Grattan. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Amanda. Michelle, the Reserve Bank has this afternoon announced it would lift interest rates by 50 basis points, which is uh, half a percent. Even though interest rates are still very low, that's the biggest jump that we've had in quite a while. And it's also for the second consecutive month. And we know that a lot of Australians are going to be feeling the strain of this, especially when the cost of living is going up for a whole lot of other reasons. How big a challenge is this for the new government, do you think? It's a big challenge, especially as it's part of a wider cost of living crisis, but the government really can't do a lot about it. The Reserve Bank in its statement today said essentially that it wanted to get monetary policy back to a more normal setting after the extraordinary measures, virtually no interest rate level that we've had during the COVID crisis. What this is going to be, though, is only the second in a number of interest rate rises. So it's particularly challenging for Australian householders who have mortgages, some very big mortgages. And the government is saying, well, things are going to be particularly difficult. There was a a comment today from Treasurer Jim Chalmers, and I quote, it's going to be a difficult winter for a lot of people. Yes, and I mean, there are some other things going on, aren't there? We know that we're in the middle of a a gas crisis, for example, and also other things that are out of the government's control, largely due to the war in Ukraine, causing petrol prices to go up. Uh, All of these things play into the strain people are feeling, don't they? Absolutely. And the government has a meeting tomorrow of energy ministers to discuss the uh, gas crisis. Uh, One option would be to have a uh, reservation scheme which would make gas producers for Eastern Australia put aside a certain amount of production to meet crises. This sort of scheme operates in Western Australia, but the problem is that there's uh, resistance from the companies. It raises uh, questions of sovereign risk. So going down that path has its difficulties as well as its uh, attractions. The government in general also is pointing to the fact that inflation, already more than 5%, is going to rise further before it falls. The Reserve Bank made the same point in its statement today. So on a number of fronts, there are problems that are very difficult for many households to cope with and certainly for the government to cope with. Jim Chalmers has said, that there will be a cost of living package in uh, the October budget. He's uh, mentioned things like uh, some relief on childcare. Of course, the Labor government has a planned change childcare scheme. Also, he's talked about the cost of medicines being cheaper. Again, that was promised in the election campaign. He's speaking about putting downward pressure on power bills and getting real wages moving. Those two are much more challenging. But of course, the government also faces very large debt and deficit levels. So it can't splash cash around like we saw in the March budget. So it's hemmed in on a number of fronts. 
Okay, and as we speak, Michelle, Anthony Albanese is wrapping up his uh, trip to Indonesia, which was his first as Prime Minister, as is customary in Australian politics. The images that were sent back were of he and Indonesian President Joko Widodo riding a bike together. It looked quite friendly, I suppose is the word. Does it seem like there has been a warming of the relationship since the election of the Labor government? It's not been bad recently, but nevertheless, I think there's certainly a desire by the Labor government to improve and deepen the relationship, but it's not as easy as it sounds. Australia is not necessarily of as much interest to Indonesia as some of its other neighbours. It looks more to the uh, Asian countries. Also, the trade relationship is uh, not as large as uh, we might like. Anthony Albanese took a business delegation with him and uh, the government would hope to see much more activity by Australian business, but that has some difficulties because Indonesia is not an easy place to do business in. And in terms of Indonesians coming to Australia for work or for tourism, one of the problems there is that getting visas can be a complicated process. So at the level on the ground in both countries, I think a lot more work needs to be done. And also uh, at the uh, educational level too. The Vice-Chancellor of Monash was part of the delegation that travelled with the Prime Minister. Monash has a campus there. But uh, in terms of Australian universities, some years ago, Indonesia was a very fashionable, if I can put it like that, area for academic study and, and language training and so on. Now it's faded away and reviving it is... Uh, not necessarily easy and probably would require some government money. All right. And Michelle, since last we spoke, Peter Dutton has announced the opposition's front bench lineup. How will they match up alongside the government, do you think, and where will the main policy pressures be for the opposition? Peter Dutton was determined to match the government on one thing, and that is to have 10 women in his shadow cabinet, just as there are 10 women in the cabinet. The uh, shadow ministry has seen uh, the nationals improve their relative position compared to the Morrison government because they did well at the election, held all their seats, gained one, while the Liberals, of course, lost a whole batch of seats. So they have a stronger representation and they've also got back the trade area. There are a few interesting appointments. Uh, One was Queensland Liberal Ted O'Brien. Now, he's a a nuclear energy advocate, and uh, this has raised speculation that the opposition could uh, go down the the nuclear path in its policy uh, over the next three years. Uh, I think that there'll be pressures both ways on that. It won't want to get too far ahead of the government or uh, likely public opinion, but certainly there's a a group within the opposition that would like nuclear energy to be on its agenda. And there'll also be a debate on whether the opposition backs the referendum that the government's promising for a voice to parliament. Dutton's appointed Julian Lisa, a supporter of the voice, to oversee this area, but there are others in the coalition that will be very, very resistant to that. And uh, I think there'll be some lively debate uh, 
within opposition ranks uh, before they settle on a position. More generally, of course, Peter Dutton and the coalition do face this big problem of just how they present themselves broadly within the Liberal Party. There are arguments about policy directions. There's the question of pitching to the suburbs where Peter Dutton feels comfortable and trying to get back those teal seats, which is absolutely necessary, I think, for them to return to office, but is perhaps an area where Peter Dutton will find it very hard to campaign effectively. All right, Michelle, terrific to talk with you as always. Thanks very much. Thanks, Amanda. Our theme music is by Blue Dot Sessions. You can find more podcasts from The Conversation on our website at theconversation.com.